Hi, my name is Mindy and I'm a believer, wife to my high school sweetheart and mom to three littles. I'm a personal trainer with a specialization in prenatal and postpartum fitness. I have been in the fitness world since 2020 and my passion is to change the stigma of the fitness industry from one of self-boasting in ourselves to boasting in our creator. But how do we do this when fitness is saturated with comparison and ever-changing information? It can all be so confusing and intimidating for us moms. Let's dive in and navigate this together as we put forth our efforts of having a gospel lens in the fitness world to raise the next generation up to do the same. Welcome back to the Fit and Faith-Filled Mom podcast. I hope you're doing well. We're going to dive into episode 10 today, where we're going to focus on the importance of community and why we need it, what it should look like. So let's just jump right in. If you follow any major influencers on Instagram, right, you'll notice a lot of time they'll do this just thankfulness of, of their followers, but they, they call it their community. You know, they want to express thankfulness for their community on social media, people who are following along with them, who show interest in them. And I've honestly probably even done this without thinking. And social media has just created this fake world where we think we are being filled in the aspect of our lives in regards to community. People are actually buying into this idea that social media is filling that gap of needing community. And this is concerning in regards to, I think of my daughter and my kiddos, my, my sons and them growing up and believing that this is a sense of community and that that's what community looks like because it's what everyone is fixating on is this social media world. Social media is not community. And as believers, we should not be saying it is our community because our words hold truth and they hold value. Even a word that you might think is as simple as community, it holds truth and value. And for us to say social media is community is actually going against what God had designed for community to be. In reality, social media is just isolation But it's this highlight reel where we feel like we know people. We feel like we're in the know on what they're doing. We may even feel like we're friends with people who we've never even met. But the reality is this is just a highlight reel. And it's focusing on things that are more of this world than things are that eternal. Well, I really don't believe there's any ill intent when an influencer says this. This is where believers should look different. That we don't claim our avenue of community is found via social media, and those who do rely on it for that are missing all that God had within this design of what community is to look like and reflect. And if we rely solely on social media being our community, and I don't care whether you're a mom, a teenager, a business owner, whatever, you cannot rely on social media to be that community for you. It is not God's design. So today we're going to look at how God defines community, how we are to live in community, not just within the church or within ministry, but in life. I think sometimes when we think of godly community, our mind immediately goes into church ministry, that that's our godly community. But As anything, we should not be separating God from these areas of our lives outside of the church. So we're going to look at community more specifically in regards to fitness and motherhood. And first, we need to acknowledge that one of the sweetest mercies is that God doesn't leave us here alone to navigate life. Life is hard, and He promises us that He is not leaving us here to just bear it 
all on our own. It is such a sweet gift, and it's a gift of His. Now, community doesn't necessarily mean you have a large group of friends, and it's not these superficial, shallow, surface-level conversations, hanging out when it's casual or even when it's convenient. When I talk about a community, a godly community, it's that phrase you probably hear a lot of doing life together. And what does that mean? That means you're doing the good, you're doing the bad, the messy, seeing each other's yuck and sin, but you choose to love each other harder for it, showing up when it's inconvenient, not just when it fits into your calendar, bearing each other's burdens, praying out loud for each other, serving one another, and pushing each other towards Christ. This is what your friendships should look like. And how would social media even begin to look like that? It does not. It misses that physical aspect of being together. And really one of the sweetest parts of community, as I have experienced within these relationships that are centered around Jesus Christ, is my friends do see me at my absolute worst. They see me, they see my sin, and they choose to press into me harder, not flee from me, but to come in closer to me. They choose to show up when it is inconvenient, which speaks volumes. They might have some kind of conflict, scheduling conflict, but they're going to figure it out. They've had a long day with the kids or with work. They're still going to show up at my doorstep that night if I am struggling. That is what community is to look like when it is centered around the Lord. And God, being as wonderful and a perfect father as he is, he leads by example. I mean, I think a lot of time we forget or we just don't think about God being our father. So think of yourself as a parent, a father or a mother. And we do. We want to lead our kids by example. We want to make sure we're not just you know, talking the talk, but we're walking the walk. Well, God absolutely did this as the perfect father parent that he is to us. He led by example. When he sent us Jesus to the world in human form, Jesus lived in community in the way that God wants us to be living in community. Jesus was absolutely capable of doing ministry on his own because he was God in the flesh. He did not need help. He didn't need help to get his message out. He knew what his task, what the mission was when he came here, and he would have been able to fulfill that without the help of anyone else. However, he chose 12 friends, his disciples, to accompany him wherever he went. He chose those who were not completely righteous and perfect and had it all together. He just he chose people in his everyday life interactions to do life with him. And he set the tone of doing every piece of life together. They traveled together, did ministry together, had meals together, attended, attended a wedding together. They, they saw really hard things. They saw really dark things, and they did it all together. They lifted each other up. They encouraged one another. They prayed together. They broke bread together. They talked about God together. They did life together, and they got to learn from one another, be together in those highs and lows. I mean, think about back then in, in, in those times of what those 12 endured together in their time of following Jesus. This is what community is to look like physically bearing each other's burdens and gathering together with the goal of making his name known. That was the sole purpose of Jesus and the disciples. They went out to make Christ known and they did it together, encouraging one another and and loving one another. 
Social media absolutely can be used for good, but it misses that aspect, I mentioned this earlier, of the of physically bearing each other's burdens and physically doing life together. There is something so sweet when we physically gather together. God even says in scripture, where two or three gather in my name, there I will be. There is just such a sweetness of inviting the Holy Spirit in when we're physically gathering together. Now, unfortunately, we all know, you know, a few years ago when COVID hit, that things just went shut down. And I think we we felt that yearning for community and we felt really what it's like to be in isolation. But unfortunately, COVID has had lasting effects in regards to isolation. We now see churches doing live stream services more, more than they used to, which yes, that can be an amazing thing for, you know, maybe a mom who just had a baby and it's incredibly difficult to get out of the house for a while or you're sick. However, this gets abused by people who are more than capable of physically attending church and they choose to stream in their living room, thinking they're feeling themselves, thinking they're getting that community, thinking that they're doing all the right things. And our society, since COVID, has just become very disconnected. And sadly, we do see that the, the church, some churches kind of facilitating that of this isolation instead of hindering and hitting on the importance of physically gathering together. This is the opposite of God's design. And with technology, with social media, once again, we're taking something God intended for good and using it to replace his design. And so we, once again, we get our muddy sin all over it and turn it into something ugly. When we are disconnected and isolated from each other, we know, and research has shown, there's more depression and anxiety. And the reason that is, it points back to God's design. We're designed to be together. I've talked about in past episodes how we have this toolbox and God gives us these tools in our toolbox that help us navigate life, help us live a flourishing life after him. And community is absolutely another tool in our toolbox that God has given us to not solve all of our problems. Community doesn't mean to become our savior or something that we look to give us deeper joy or something we look at to save us. Absolutely not. Only Jesus Christ can do that. But It is a tool we can use to live that flourishing life, to be satisfied, and it betters us. Our overall well-being is just better when we're together and we surrender to this truth that God wants us in community with others. And I know for you introverts, that can make you cringe. I I hear you on that, and so we're going to dive into that because you might be saying, okay, that's all fine and dandy, but um, I, I don't roll that way. I don't do well. in in groups or trying to start new friendships. So let's look at this. What should it look like to have community and motherhood? So let me just first start by talking about my own personal experience in regard to this. When I had my daughter, my first baby, I had zero community. I, I really did. I had friends. I could definitely tell you like a list of friends I had, but it wasn't this this community of doing like really deep hard life altogether. It was me really was the problem. I absolutely had women uh, from my church reaching out to me, wanting to do life together, but I was the one who was so awkward, didn't want to dive in, kept conversations lighter, uh, would be invited to things, and my introverted self just wanted to stay home. And so I, I pulled away from women who were trying to pull me into this community. But once I did finally surrender to this truth, having another come to my end moment of realizing, okay, God, motherhood is incredibly hard. It's difficult. 
If you're a stay-at-home mom, it's lonely. Your husband is gone all day. Even if he works from home, he is tucked away in an office or a room and he is working and it's lonely, right? These little ones, they don't hold best conversations, okay? We need that conversation that is above a five-year-old level and it is very lonely. And when we're in that loneliness, is when the enemy sees someone very vulnerable that he is going to attack. Satan loves attacking vulnerability. And one of the most vulnerable human beings is an introverted mom who is home by herself majority of the day with her little one who cannot engage in a conversation and a little one who cannot speak truth into her when the enemy is on attack. Okay? So you need to find your community and motherhood. You have to be willing to push past the awkward beginning phase. It is what it is, right? It's always a little awkward when you're starting a new friendship. I'm just not gifted at that. It it definitely takes me a lot of effort and almost drains my social battery, but it's more than worth it. And once you push past the awkward beginning phase, it is more than worth it. God refines right here and he's with you if the if this is awkward and hard for you. He, like I said, he brought me to the end of myself in realizing I'm going to have to be uncomfortable if I want to experience all God has for me in motherhood. And community is absolutely a huge part of motherhood that God wants you to have. Community that is full of Jesus-loving moms who are praying for you, rooting for you, there for you, and supporting you. The, The term, it takes a village, Yeah, it does, but I would argue a Jesus-loving village is what it takes. You need to ensure this community, once you start finding this community and trying to pursue these relationships, you need to ensure that this community is pushing you toward Jesus. So I'm not saying just go make friends with whoever and and really dive in. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is find this deep-rooted, godly community. You've got to make sure of some things. Are they, are they negative in regards to motherhood? Is it when y'all get together, is it just sitting around and complaining about how awful it is? Do they advise in a worldly sense on how to handle hard decisions like like the one that makes me cringe the most? Follow your heart. What does your heart tell you? Well, the Bible tells me that my heart is going to deceive me and to listen to Jesus. So if that's the advice you're getting from your friends, I'm sorry. That is not godly community. So watch out for uh, worldly advice. Is it a competition between you or do they genuinely love you and are willing to speak hard truths to you? Hard truths to you. That's an important one. If you're hanging out with friends just for the sake of them telling you what you want to hear, that's not okay either. I've had two friends who speak hard truth to me and it's never easy to hear And it can even be a little awkward, but you have to have friends willing to do that. If you are walking in sin and you don't have a friend in your community that is willing to tell you, I love you, you need to repent and turn away from this, and I'm here for you in that, how can I help you do that? I'm going to be praying for you to do that. You need that. You need that. Friends who are just going to tell you what you want to hear are not showing you that they care about your well-being in Christ, and they don't care about you living a flourishing life. They just want to tell you what makes you feel good because they don't want to have that awkwardness. It's hard. It's hard to speak those hard truths, but we need friends who do it. And do they love your children well? Do they love your children as their own? Would they be willing to, to take your kids if you need a break? Are they willing to uh, pray for your kids 
and want the best for your kids? Are they also willing to speak godly truths into your kids as well? These are important things. These are examples for our kids to see on how we do life with our friends. We want our children to grow up pursuing friendships like this, and they're going to look at our friendships while they're trying to form their friendships and model that. God grows us in being better members uh, of this community as well. So it's not just about us being poured into, but also are we pouring out? It's it's not about, am, am I being the one served here? I need to also be making sure I'm serving well because there's going to be times where I'm struggling and my friends, my godly community of friends, they're going to be the ones there who are going to pick me up and point me back to Christ when I'm frustrated and they're going to speak truth when I'm angry and then vice versa. There's going to be seasons my friends are struggling and I need to be speaking love but also truth into them when they are struggling. Now, in transparency, I'm actually really not good at relationships with girls. I, I just, I can't, I would rather go shoot hoops or throw a football outside than do a spa night and just sitting around and visiting. However, God has shown me the beauty of sitting and visiting with intentional conversation. It's not my favorite thing to do, but I absolutely do leave feeling incredibly full and refreshed. Yes, it's fun to be active, but I know sometimes that is just a way to distract myself um, or that I want to be up and doing something rather than just sitting. But again, God shows it's also good to be still in your friendships. You don't have to be up and going and always doing something. Sitting and having those deep conversations, vulnerable conversations is so life-giving. And in the ways I have been blessed in my low points or hard seasons as a mom, I can now reciprocate to another mom um, who's going to walk those hard seasons. Um, And me being able to sit and practice those intentional conversations that I've gotten a lot better at. I'm, I'm a lot better now at surrendering to that and doing that because it's better for me. And now I can do that with another mom in the future who might be pursuing this relationship. And now I know the importance of doing that. Again, God just always being so faithful and refining us in these places because they are for our better when we just sit and surrender to it. Now, now let's shift and um, look at fitness. So do I need community in regards to fitness? Well, if you know know me by now, you're going to know. I'm going to say absolutely. Why? Because community is supposed to be saturated with God. Therefore, community and fitness, we don't need to be separating God from our fitness. Fitness needs to be saturated with God as well, which also means our community and fitness needs to be saturated with God as well. Now, I know this is a little trickier when navigating because we really don't see a lot of people working out with the purpose of God in mind, with the purpose of worshiping and and bringing glory to Him, or with the purpose of we're actually working out to better serve others, not ourselves. So I know this, this is where it can get a little tricky. So community in the fitness world should be centered around Christ, meaning your people are encouraging you to care for your body through the eyes of the gospel. If you have a community and they are just fixating so much on you meeting these shallow physical goals, or you're surrounding yourself with people who they're so obsessed with meeting shallow physical goals, 
that's not a community that is pushing you toward Christ and your fitness. Your body was bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. So honor and care for this creation you have been gifted. Act like your body was bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And then when you do that hard work in remembering that, you make sure you go out and tell others about that because they need to hear it. We need more godly community in the fitness world. Something that should separate your Christ-centered community in the fitness world is that there's no competition among you. I talked about that in motherhood, of not being in a community where it's competition among among moms, whose kids are the most well-behaved, whose kids have the best birthday parties, whose kids are the best dressed, which kids are the best athletes. No, it's, it's not a competition. We're not to live in competition with each other, but Scripture tells us we are to live in harmony with each other. Same same situation here in regards to fitness. It's not to be a competition with each other of who looks better, who's the strongest, who's going to get the most attention for how amazing they look. It is not to be that way. If your people are truly Christ-centered within their community of fitness, they want the best for you and they want to encourage you not fixate on fitness, satisfying you in the way only Jesus can do. If you have people who are telling you lies of the world that fitness is going to solve all your problems and if you could just lose X amount of weight, you're going to be happy and everything is going to be all grand and they don't mention Jesus once, that's not a community you need to be surrounding yourself in fitness. So bottom line, if you want to be successful in regards to pursuing a healthy and active lifestyle while working hard to fight against the enemy in regards to to those worldly expectations and fighting those off in the physical sense you need a strong community of believers walking it with you and i mean strong i mean so rooted in christ that every aspect of their life is just dripping with god and every aspect of their life is pointing back to glorifying god i see so many people who don't have this community around them in the fitness world because it's not. It's it's hard to find. It is hard to find people who work out with this this mindset and this truth. And we see so many people try to pursue these healthier lifestyles and they fail because they're trying to meet these worldly goals, but the community they have chosen to surround themselves with is not speaking this truth into them. And so what happens? They might feel a little satisfied for such a short time, but it's fleeting and it's temporary. And then they fall right back. The enemy gets a hold of them. They don't have anyone to go to battle with them against the enemy. We need community. The fitness world is not exempt from the attacks of the enemy. If anything, again, I talked about vulnerability and how the enemy looks for the vulnerable. The fitness world is absolutely an area of vulnerability for people who are very self-conscious, don't have high self-esteem, are just down on themselves, hate themselves. That is absolutely where he is going to attack. And so if you do not have that strong community loving on you, pushing you toward Christ in your fitness, reminding you why you're working out and reminding you that you were bought at the highest price, you need to act like it with your body, then unfortunately You will not be successful in pursuing a healthy lifestyle of bettering your body so that you can better serve others. That is the goal, and that's what your community in regards to fitness world needs to be pressing into you and pushing you toward. So my prayer and challenge for you this week as we wrap up is to seek out someone in your life that maybe 
Your friendship is staying very surface level. Y'all haven't made that dive into deeper conversation and find a way to sit and have very intentional and raw conversation. Be willing to put your guard down. Be willing to to show some of your weaknesses and you will be surprised at how God will honor that. And maybe you'll even be sitting with a mom and you had no idea y'all had the same struggles and weaknesses. And now you're able to walk with God together in bettering those. Also in regards to your fitness, I would encourage you if you are new to kind of navigating this Find a community of Christ-loving moms who are going to push you toward a healthy, active lifestyle because ultimately we're bringing glory to God with our with our bodies and not a community that is pushing on you to meet these physical, worldly goals, okay? Find that community that is going to push you toward God. I would love to be that community for you if you would, if you would like to, of course, Go find my Instagram page. Um, I will put it the name in the episode notes. Go to my website. I am here for you. I'm with you. One of my favorite things about being a trainer is forming relationships with moms and doing the really hard, yucky stuff together. I mean, it, one of my favorite things about check-ins is we would only talk about fitness for maybe five or 10 minutes. And then we would talk about motherhood or things we're struggling with. If you need that, that is something I love to offer in regards to my training programs is simply doing life together. So that is my challenge for you this week. So I'm praying for you, mama. I see you. I'm with you and I will see you back here next time. 